All right, rolling. Falling skies you wanted to talk about. Oh, I, I did. Um, uh, it came because aliens, right? Because aliens were brought up and it, falling it, skies, of course. Yeah, it started out, the series started out pretty good for, you know, sci-fi. <clears throat> it was on sci-fi. It was definitely on a, a B-list cable channel no matter what it was on. It started out pretty good. I mean, keep in mind that we're in the age where USA has a fantastic show. The USA right, Network. Right, the, right. The, yeah. The, the, the place had burn notice on it. Yeah. Like, has a fantastic show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, I stuck with it. And it fell up. After about three seasons, it kind of had burned out. But they went to five. And the fifth season mostly... Mostly wasn't all that great. But it was, it was better than Last Ship. <laughs> and and I stick I stick We're up, like the last I, shit. Yeah, I stick through the last ship. But um so they only did an hour finale. They should have stretched it into two hours. And they wanted to really wrap up every plot line. Yeah, that's always And they constructed the ultimate the ultimate climax, like the ultimate battle, like in the final episode. Remember what I said in the in, in the first, uh, and you know, I, I said it before, but I also said it in in the pre-show. Yeah, yeah. Stories don't end; they resolve. Resolve also, your stuff, but don't also end your story. But also, if you're going, the thing you're going to end the show with, you have to introduce it early. Well, this was introduced at the beginning of the finale, type thing. You know, it's like it's like why even? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So like, so there's the in ultimate in, in falling skies. There's three classes of aliens, right? You have these things that they call skitters. So they're six-legged. They're brown and they're very rugged-looking. They look like woods things. Okay? So they're sort of like um, like wood lice. They sort of have, have that kind of. They look like wood things, right? Yeah. And and that's like the the infantry, the the first the 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 army part of it. But they're all controlled by the overlords, which are these seven-foot-tall, black, sleek humanoid or not sort of humanoid but they have like really skinny legs and like they don't have a neck you know but they're like tall powerful two arms two legs head two arms two legs things and these are the guys in charge and they're the guys that they're the generals and everything right Mm -hmm. and so they're battling these guys for like three seasons or four seasons that you know about the overlords and then in the last two episodes they introduced the idea of a queen who all the overlords are serving, right? So now it's more of an ant colony or a bee colony thing, but there's a queen. And so the, also, it's, I'm sure it's, you kill the queen, they all go like that. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. So, um, imagine <laughs> you got, I mean, they all burst into flames. Like, oh, geez. All over the world. <laughs> oh, jeez. They even just destroy themselves. They, they self-destruct when the queen dies. Yeah. Like, uh, all over the planet. Uh, um, but so the queen is... This giant spider at least, thing. At least, I mean, in, in a shitty movie like Independence Day, you destroy the mothership and all the way to shut down their shields. It didn't destroy all the ships but, at the same time. So, but the queen's this giant spider thing. Anyway, a giant spider thing. Like completely unrelated to the other things? Up until the second to last episode, there was no mention of a queen. Yeah. And, yeah. So, so the writer's like, okay, how, do we, how, do, how do we resolve it? How do we, how do we solve these problems? Uh, introduce... Deus Ex Spider, yeah, and or, or I should say Spider Ex Machina, and um... <laughs> so they worked in a story where fifteen hundred years ago, 
her spider the spider queen's uh, daughter was, was there at, what is who's the queen of spiders are oh god it's gonna it's gonna bug me so the 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 climax scene right you got the hero he's trapped in a web thing and he can't reach the weapon that'll kill the spider and the spider is there talking to him explaining how 1500 years ago she spent sent her daughter their best fighter to earth to try to colonize earth because that's what the species does is colonize things and the primitive humans defeated her and she was this was revenge this whole thing was revenge for killing her daughter really and so there's this whole narrative and then he he reaches the the magic weapon that came from a different alien race and and kills her and then yeah everything blows up and and then everyone's happy that's how it ends and that's it that's story's over that's it they 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 show that he lives and he's at the he's at the mall in dc talking to you know thousands of people spread out across the mall about rah-rah america rebuilding the earth Mm -hmm. and uh yeah that's it There were two forms of uh, benevolent uh, aliens as well. well, The three I was talking about were the three bad kinds that were trying to colonize Earth. There was a friendly um, species of aliens for the last couple of seasons. And then there's this more mysterious one that gave him the magic magic, uh, pill to to blow up and win. So the more mysterious one, they left some mystery to that, right? The more mysterious one? The more mysterious one, they they no, they actually had some narration, you know, some dialogue, like this. I'm like the only, you know, she's like she she would manifest herself as the hero's dead wife. So she was there talking, and like you know, basically they basically said she's yeah. the only one of the species left, and she wants to oh. she wants to seek revenge on the overlords. And uh, <laughs> I mean, one of the things I love about too the... too much talking, right? Too much explaining, too much wrapping yeah. everything up into a neat bow. Oh yeah, <laughs> I understand that the the kind of um, I think it, it's it's more prevalent in science fiction the idea that you have to wrap everything up in a neat bow, uh, and I understand the impulse, but yeah, it's you want to leave your audience with a little bit of things for them to build their own stories on. Uh, their own ideas for them for them to to start imagining things as opposed to just okay there it is there's your entire story and there was another plot line that they screwed up with so there was a guy named pope he started out as a bad guy he joined the group and was a hell of a fighter good guy and then his female interest died because of something the hero hero chose to do a to say you know because i had bigger bigger uh, value than saving her so she died so he went evil and he basically went off all mad max and like mad max and you know evil thug army and in the second last episode he came back and got blown up and then and they were just tying up everything well he got blown up in the second to last episode but you know you didn't see him blow up but they assumed he was dead in the final episode in the epilogue after all the aliens are dead he comes out of the woods, you know, like, and you think he's going to shoot the hero, but then he ends up, you know, uh, he wants to give the gun to the hero to kill him. Like, like, 
you know, suicide by hero. And he's like, and they set this whole thing up so the hero could say, you know, I'm done killing. You know, I the alien, the war's over. I'm not going to kill any humans now that I've killed all the aliens. It's <laughs> like, ugh. Ugh, sounds gross. I mean, I, I I love what they did at the end of of, of Mr. Robot. I'll go back to Mr. Robot where they had the uh, you know the scene with uh, with White Rose, right. And it's like, oh, okay. There's a lot more going on here than you ever thought. Yeah, yeah. It um, definitely. I, I definitely... mean, showing that you're that the story you're kind of. I mean, I almost, I almost don't want them. I mean, it's, they're going to expand the story, of course, to include this, but I want there to be some sort of overall mystery around it that isn't solved i mean i kind of just players playing their parts you know and yeah not pulling back the curtain right yeah um sometimes it's it's i i know there's an impulse for even for people to, to want this from 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 storytellers is you know reveal all your secrets but i i kind of like the idea that there's a bigger game going on here than anyone really thought here's a, here's a question for you about the finale mr robot so the scene where the f society video is playing yeah and Times square is full of people wearing masks you know the the analog to the guy fox mask right. was that real or was that in elliot's head the that many people rallying to the cause i'm based on the assumption that we saw all the other parties going on and stuff like that and we saw news reports i'm going to assume that there was at least some aspect of it that was real but it was but if, i mean the, like that scene, the part that was, that was obviously not real was when it was when the, when the streets were empty because you know times square would never be empty right. so right but when the Times Square went empty, that's what made me think, like, how much of a following is there? Or is it kind of amplified in Elliot's head? Well, I mean, the, the, of... the, the problem is that Elliot sort of realizes that he never really wanted it. He was sort of following Darlene's lead uh, the whole time. Darlene was the one who wanted to destroy society. Mm-hmm. And she was the one in the in the group that wanted to destroy society. Uh, and Elliot was just kind of the 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 mechanism that allowed her to do that. Uh, when Elliot, was by the watching... way, they were always very smart <laughs> in the technical details of, of what they did. You know, mm-hmm. destroying their things and uh, in the, in the puppy uh, mill, yeah. um, taking the getting the party in there so all their fingerprints are gone i i, I didn't I, I didn't pick that up until they said it i was like oh yeah. that's brilliant of course yeah, that's yeah. why you have a party there the um yeah there wasn't too much technical stuff for me to geek out on in this episode uh them drilling the hard drives i mean that's a very effective way to screw up a hard drive yeah um burning it in a uh incinerator. Crem- crematorium incinerator yeah. another way the thing that bugged me about the um uh, the whole incinerator scene is how they had the chassis of the computer in there. You know, there was no sense in burning oh, yeah, the yeah, chassis. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... But it just made it look better. Yeah. And then, you know... That's a visual like, element that and helps then the, present this. So story. two things bug me. The computer chassis and the incinerator and how they were kind of tossing in the hard drives like one at a time. Yeah. But I get it that, you know, they were kind of like... Although you could say they, they were, were... kind of closing an episode of their lives. Yeah. Like that they're... 
And you could bring it along and say they were, they were also trying to destroy any prints they had, anything they left on them. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there wasn't much tech, but, again, they got the, the tech part right. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, they got the tech part that it, it would be nearly impossible for them to to break 256-bit encryption. Um, I would have gone a little bit further. Instead of saying AES, I would have done, like, elliptic curve. I would have said elliptic curve encryption or something like that, but... You know, it's just nitpick. I thought they would have used something a little bit. I mean, here, here's a question, though. Okay, let, let's let's say this ridiculous scenario happened. Uh, there's there's ways out of it. I was thinking about that too. There's yeah. so you take the server's hard drives to data recovery place, and you get the previous file handles recovered. You know, unless. I mean, so, okay. You're still dealing with a lot of corrupted data, though. You are. You're dealing with a lot of corrupted data. But, you know, the idea of forgiving everyone's debt, you know, over the globe, you know. Well, part of the thing I liked about what was going on in the show was they presented the idea of a revolution as, oh, shit's going down. Not yeah. like it. I mean, there were you know there were people who like Darlene who thought it was a party, but there are other people who realized, oh, this is bad for everybody. Well, they showed that with um, yeah, what's her name on the subway? The blonde, uh, the, the oh the, uh, Angela, Angela on the subway, right? Yeah. She's completely stressed. She can't even. And then she comes back, and they're telling her, you know, her two hours she took off was too long, and. Well, I mean, the the, the but the she's 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 worried about. I mean, just the way she's acting. Sure, she's worried about her job, but she's also just worried about her finances and everything. It seemed like that's how I got got out of her chewing her nails, picking at her fingers, and yeah. I mean, re- revolutions are are typically chaotic and typically bloody. They are not something to look forward to. Uh, and they leave a power vacuum, and that's going to be filled by whoever has the most power at the time. Not necessarily, unless you have a really great structure behind your revolution. And you know, I would say that the American Revolution is the example of having a really good structure behind the revolution. And I tweeted about this and how you know it, it's probably one of the better revolutions to happen. But even with that. It still had that whole civil war thing that happened yeah. eighty years later, yeah. and that's still kind of happening right now. Yeah. Uh, so, in, <laughs> none of these things are perfect. There's no, there's no perfect solution to any oh, of these you know, problems. I just remembered a nitpick that I had. So, the beginning scene where the therapist is talking with that guy, right, and they're talking about Elliot, and Elliot went through a proxy through Estonia, and like how there's like that's untraceable logging stuff. Estonia has like one of the most online internet like you can vote online in estonia uh-huh. so i i think they they wanted to sound like eastern Bloc, but i think estonia was the wrong call for that because i think there is internet law enforcement in estonia where there wouldn't be in romania or something like that so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um it's, why, a, it's a nit but you know it's if, just... if you're gonna proxy something why would why would you just do it through one country why wouldn't you switch it up all the time i thought he was going to say onion router i was expecting yeah, him, yeah. i was expecting him to say tour and he said estonia um, yeah yeah again just i, I geek out on how good yeah. they do and i just think estonia was not the best choice of things because estonia is like 
the most. As long as the story is good enough to pull you back yeah. in, those no, things no. don't matter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I I questioned, like like that first scene. I didn't like. I will admit, I didn't. I didn't. Think... What was the point of it? I mean, do you, do you think it's going to play uh, like a a role in the second season? I don't or... think so. I think it was sort of a, a, a of a of a toss off. I, I really doubt that the guy's going to. I mean, I doubt that the guy's going to say, "Oh, Sonia's falling. I can go find Elliot now." Because it, although the idea of, of maybe of... he's going to be the thorn in Elliot's side or something. Maybe he's going to be the. The week, the thing. I feel like that'd be too telegraphed. Get him doxxed. I mean, maybe down the road or something. I don't know. I know. I mean, it it could come up again. If it does come again, I would rather it it sit low and and come up later. Just sort of like be oh three seasons from now or something. This guy comes up again. I mean, I could see this guy doxing Elliot. Like we're like FBI and the NSA have no good leads, and then this guy makes enough noise that get some on the radar or something but but uh, go back to the technical problem okay so so everything is encrypted in, in aes encryption uh mm-hmm. including all you know 70 percent of the money in the world uh well the ledgers right but and still i mean big time wealth is mm-hmm. is being destroyed so if you were obama and this happened uh, wouldn't you say, all right, all these supercomputers that we have, I know it's ridiculous, but start brute forcing and start getting all your best mathematician guys work on P versus NP and, you know, whatever you can, that, right? I mean, I mean, that's one way. So the first thing you do is hope that the hackers didn't overwrite the empty spot on the spaces on the disk. Yeah. Hopefully the file you can still undelete the original files, right? Hopefully the file handles are there. Elliot's crew, F Society is pretty good, so they they sanitized the uh, pre, the unencrypted file handles, overwrote that stuff, so that stuff's not there. You could still try to do some kind of like magnetic, like multi-level recovery. Hopefully they only overwrote it once and not twenty times with random pseudo random noise. So that's one way to go about it. Um, the next, the the next, you could try to to break the math, but you know, you know, breaking the math is hard. So, Trillions. So the next thing you do is you try to get the keys, right? Right. So now you're going to have a manhunt. You're yeah. going to try to find Darlene's keys. They burned. Presumably, they don't want the. They're not. They're not doing ransomware, right? They're not doing crypto locker, right? So presumably, they burned the keys. Unless in the Tyrell has them. Yeah. They should have burned them in the... Well, maybe, because we don't know where Tyrell is. If he's holding the keys, he's the weak link. Yeah. Hopefully, they burned the keys in the incinerator. And that means the data... Basically, the universe lost the data when the keys got lost. It's kind of like a Schrodinger's yeah. cat type thing, right? Because if some if the universe knows the key, the data is recoverable. But if the universe doesn't know the key... The data is, might as well not exist. I mean, even though it's ridiculously implausible, it's possible with a supercomputer to stumble upon it, right? I mean, sure, sure, it could be your first guess. Yeah. So you know what the odds are of being your first guess? Absolutely. I mean, absurd. Like, the, the, like you take all the molecule, all the atoms in the universe, and multiply it by ten times, 
and then pick one of them. Oh, that's and... not even close to, to, to it, right? I mean, oh, that, sure. that's 10 to the 87 or something like that. That's sure nothing. But, yeah, I mean, the odds. Yeah. That's the thing about encryption and, and these probabilities of, of guessing keys. There's nothing special about encryption other than the pool of guesses to decrypt it are so big that you can't but, do it. So I see three things you do. You 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 take all your existing government supercomputers or everything you can spare and you throw it onto the problem of, of brute forcing just to see if you get lucky. Two see so two okay, you get so, all your math let me just finish. Okay. Two you get all your mathematicians to work on P versus N P and mm-hmm. three you get all of your physicists to work on quantum computing. Yes. Two and three are good. So for number one, the way I would circumvent that, and I thought about this like when the show was airing, yeah. is that Darlene's not encrypting stuff with a single key. Like everything is encrypted with different keys. And she never saved any of the keys, right? Mm. So you could have your supercomputer crack and crack and crack for 20 years and it might decrypt one file. Mm. But the other zillion files, not decrypted. Yeah. So, I mean, because she just wants to trash data. Right. She's not holding ransomware. So it's going to be like, she's going to gen new keys like all the time. True. Good point. Good point. So, okay. So, yeah. You work on P versus NP and you work in quantum computing. And you hope for a miracle out of one of those two. Yeah, I agree. That, that's that. the, that, that, those are the two options I see that are your best options and, and you try try to recover the residue of the original files yeah. off of magnetic media. Yeah. But fortunately, the idea that seventy percent of the of, of the world's data of the world's the, wealth the idea would be... so the idea of melting the backups. I mean, that's in this fantasy is plausible to me. Sure. The idea of trashing the data and making sure you delete all the online snapshots. And like all the online details about the data and keeping it from being recreated. That's, that's the part I had to escape reality to accept in the show mm-hmm. because the complexity of actually taking all that data offline, like snap, like the yeah, idea of yeah. making sure you understand that this server that's running a database is on this storage, which has snapshots and I need to get a shell on that storage, delete all the snapshots before I encrypt the data mm. for for every bank in the world, or yeah, but or, I mean the, the idea yeah. to me the, the thing the thing that that is is the ridiculous thing to me is that seventy percent of the world's wealth was controlled in by one corporate. company. Yeah. yeah, so that was like, I mean, I understand those conglomerates. There's a lot of connections between these things, right. but. Knowing what I know about, uh, you know, working with working with companies, there's a, everyone has a different system. Everyone has something different set up. Oh, yeah, right. It's all it's it's all a bunch of of you know of ridiculous ways you have to you have to keep trying to connect to things, uh, and you know. You know, I appreciated the idea of you could hack that the one company that's, that is providing all of the. Uh, the air circulation because they're all you know right. you could do that right, totally right. get that but like I said getting all the snaps yeah. off, off all the sands even at Evil Corp yeah. like like yeah that 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 you have to get administrator shell on every sand or every NAS box oh, hey look another spider another spider we're just all kinds of animals in here tonight 
So, I mean, that's the part I had to escape, you know, and I accepted to escape that part of it because the rest of the show is so good. Uh, but yeah, that that's the real problem is taking all that data offline. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's... Because they only talked about tape backups. They didn't talk about right, snapshots. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, you, you let them get away with things because it's so good. I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, you let them get away with things. You let them get away with chemistry things on, on Breaking Bad because you let them get away with, with using the fulminating mercury, which would not cause that kind of explosion in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the first season because right. it's all right. Right. You get the idea. No. Uh, yes, I... Yeah, Mr. Rebel was really good. <laughs> I got a piece. So can we pause? Do you want to pause or do you want to wrap it up? I want to pause because there's more. Okay. More. There's more. But wait, there's more. Uh, damn it, I just... <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying before yeah. we uh, started recording. Oh, it... okay. I remember what I want to talk about. Oh, you want to talk about that? Okay, okay. so um, it, it, it's, it's similar. It's still Mr. Robot, but uh, one of the things that, that fascinated me about the show is beginning of the show, people, there were some comments that uh, that the, the the women characters are being a little bit marginalized, whereas at the end of the show, you see that the women characters are very much in control <laughs> Uh, Darlene was kind of running the show mm-hmm. of of uh, F Society. Uh, Angela is 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 barreling her own path, and Tyrell's wife seems to be the one that's in control of the relationship, not Tyrell. She seems to be the domineering one. She's scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, the, tr- the whole Tyrell dynamic is a. Uh is an interesting one yeah and like i said when we were taking uh a restroom break there i mentioned a couple things to Greg. i mentioned like you know i could see terrell as kind of like lex luther where he has the encryption keys and you know greg mentioned about you know him trying you know what if he wanted to run evil core you know that's an option but i'm boy he has designs on bigger more grand things running douchebag <laughs> country <laughs> or a world um kind of see how that would could play out maybe it's interesting you said about Terrell's wife because uh, like she played that whole like I haven't seen him you know like she's worried about him she, she has the baby but yeah she's she's very manipulative so that might have all been an act where before you said that I was thinking maybe Terrell like you know would forfeit his family for power type thing but no, I think uh, what you said more spot on where she's playing Elliot mm-hmm. and knows exactly what's going on. And I mentioned, you know, I like how they're not, they don't feel obligated to like give every character the spotlight. Like Gideon yeah. had a very small role and Angela's boyfriend wasn't in the last couple episodes at all. So There are some theories, internet theories going on that Tyrell's another one of uh, Elliot's. Oh, yeah. Uh, personalities which but it doesn't make sense uh i mean you could buy okay his the wife thing is lying to him and just testing him but why would the assistant then not know who he is why would gideon have been talking to him and then you know (laughs) had him as an employee none of that makes any sense the whole tyrell being another just because he was missing in the finale doesn't mean he is I, I read a uh, an interview with Sam Esmail where he said, you know, one of the whole things from the very beginning was he did not want to hide that Mr. Robot was fake. He wanted to 
in a sense, to lampshade it, to to to, to, mm-hmm. to shine a light right, on right. it, right? To put a spotlight on it, to 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 make sure everyone knew that it was fate because it wasn't about, uh, it wasn't about that surprise for the audience. It was about the surprise for Elliot. Uh, and one of the things that he noted is that he thought people would figure out the Darlene thing too. But they didn't. And in some sense, having that bigger thing everyone was looking forward to mm-hmm. shaded the Darlene reveal right. and made it that much more effective. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. I, I Until she reacted, I didn't see it coming. Yeah. And though, but you look back. As soon as she reacted, you know, I, I kind of like snapped into focus. Yeah. Right? You know, before she delivered the lines. But um, yeah, before she reacted. Anyway, that's a good show. <laughs> it sure is. So when I said best thing since um, Lost or Breaking Bad, well, I, I didn't say or Breaking Bad. I said best thing since Lost. You said the new Lost. The new Lost, yeah. It didn't quite go the mystery way, I guess, that I thought it you, would be. You, had an but... assum- you made an assumption about the second episode that I didn't necessarily yeah, make. I thought that I thought they killed off Elliot. Yeah. Um, I could see why with that assumption you thought, okay. Uh, but no, it's very much more the the new breaking bad mm-hmm. yeah it, it's where and, and and again you know i, I pointed this out before but I, it bears repeating uh in the same way that chemistry was sort of a a framework a framework that breaking bad was built on hacking is the framework that mm-hmm. mr robot is built on and so they get some of the they get a lot of the details right because it's important to the framework um but it's not about that. It's not about hacking. Although, it, I mean, it. okay, so in Breaking Bad, it's about chemistry in the sense that Walter is a catalyst and a caustic element that corrodes everything he touches, right? right. Uh, and Elliot, and in, in this, a Miss Robert is about hacking in that uh, it's about identity. It's about what that means, what it means to be, you know, to be a person, what it means to, to, to be in a society. Mm-hmm. So again, the, the themes are there, but it's not like you have to know hacking in order to appreciate Mr. Robot, or you have to know chemistry to appreciate Breaking Bad. Right. On USA. On US fucking A. <laughs> 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 okay let's see what else is going on uh we're, we're approaching the beginning of the uh the actual television season <laughs> not just the summer season so there will be more than just one show you better call Saul coming to out watch it. Uh, i don't think that's till february okay. so we got a while uh drunk history just started so definitely recommend that can't yeah. really recommend that show enough uh i i what makes that show work there are lots of things that make show work but there are three I think components that make that show work the first one is kind of the the sincerity that's given to the to to the telling of the stories right the the these are people who they're drunk but they want to tell these stories and the alcohol sort of enhances that excitement about telling the story yeah, uh, I mean the the people are already good storytellers. Yeah. 
they have already rehearsed the material. Yeah, and in, in fact, they go they do it three times. They do it once, pretty much sober. They do it again when they're halfway there, and they do it again when they're super drunk, and they cut it all. Oh, together. They cut them together. Yeah. Makes sense because because some when they're super drunk, they they're going to need some structure to fall back on, and but they they can't just do the, the almost sober one because then that's not going to. Right, makes sense. I yeah. wondered how they, I wondered how people that were as drunk as they, like rolling around on the floor drunk, could tell the story yeah, yeah. in a in, in a cohesive manner. Makes sense that we just described. Uh, the, the second thing is the commitment on the part of the actors and part and, and and the sort of reenactment scenes to, uh, to to being marionettes of the narrator mm-hmm. uh so even though it's a completely silly situation they're saying silly things they have to present it as if it were what actually happened so you know they can laugh if the narrator laughs but they can't be doing goofy faces and stuff while they're doing it they have to be committed mm-hmm. to yeah i mean that's what yeah. makes the show if they yeah. didn't do the reenactments and they I mean, I was gonna say, and if they couldn't get the names that they get, the names help. They they names help. help. I think it would still be good without the names. Yeah, it would be good, but the names also. I mean, the the fact that you get to see people clearly having fun doing this, mm-hmm. people who you've seen other things having fun, that just gives you that sense of this is really fun to watch too. I mean, if it was unknowns, it would be fun but it wouldn't be as fun as you get to see these stars do it too that helps the the aspect too but the third thing i I really do think that derek uh derek waters that the you know the host is important there uh because i've seen the uk version and it just has the narrators going and then there's sort of a overall narration voice there's no one asking questions Mm -hmm. of the narrator there's no one there to share you know to sort of bring the the drinking story into the story itself because you need if it were just a story being told by a drunk person and they didn't like do some things about how drunk the person was and show that there's some magical aspect of that that's yeah. missing but also he also seems like he knows his history like he knows the kinds of angles to, to drive like because he Guys, like when the people are really drunk, it seems like he. Well, he's heard the story before, <laughs> right? He, he, yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. He, maybe that's how he does it. He, he takes all his cues from the sober, so we can cue him on the drunk side. But also, when somebody says something ridiculous, he'll push him on that. I mean, that's important. Having that, like, having that tension there to like, okay, wait, you said something absurd. Wait, what do you mean by that? Uh, j- just to to see where that goes. And it may not go anywhere, but if it does, you've got it on camera and you, and, and you can use it. Mm-hmm. So having him there, I mean, it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be part of the re- reenactment, but it, it, helps f- that it helps tie both worlds together that he is, that he does play roles mm-hmm. in the reenactments. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean the UK version didn't have that. They just had sort of like I said, a, an overall narrator saying, "Okay, and now we have another story from this guy." And then he, then the guy just talks, yeah. but he's not talking. He's talking to the camera, but he's not. There's nobody interviewing him, right. and they don't, they don't bring the drunk person's, the the drunk person's night into it because I think part part of the fun is the concept of you're out with your friends and you're hearing a story from somebody who's drunk and, and there's ridiculous elements that are added in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and so you're having that kind of experience too. You're you're enjoying the company of the person as well as the story. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what it's like filming the reenactments. Like trying to sync up. So, the, so the, the, what the, what uh, I heard is that they play it basically on a loop. Uh-huh, and right, right, right. you know, and, and you know of, of course there's no there's no sound of, of, of what's happening in the arena. It's all from the, the so it doesn't matter what noises are happening. Right, right. So they just pick up when sync and they just yeah. do a couple beats and then as it comes around again they'll do a couple more beats. Yeah. Like that it makes sense. And you just do it over and over again, you get kind of robotic about it to the point where you know you you, you know all the little beats you need to do. Uh it is it is great to see the people who are really good at it. Like, um, uh, I remember Terry Crews stands out. Terry Crews was great at it. Jack Black is great at it. When he did Ben Franklin in the old web series, he was really great at it. Uh, and of course, there are the narrators. I, I'm like uh, super in love with Jen Kirkman. <laughs> mm-hmm. she's, she's so awesome at it. Yeah, I'm trying to think. For some reason, just Terry Crews just stands out. Like, a couple of times he's been on. Well, Terry Crews is like, he he and The Rock share things, and they have just sort of this magnetic personality that you're like, you you can't take your eyes off them when they're on screen. They're very, very dynamic. I love them on Everyone Loves Chris. Yeah. He's great in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I haven't seen that. uh, he, He has this, and of course, idiocracy. He has this kind of this aura about him that sort of draws you and he, he has that that shine that veneer yeah it's charisma it's just it, he's overflowing with it yeah I saw it downloaded the other day I haven't watched it yet like I guess just yesterday right yeah yeah, yeah just yesterday good show check that out you know I I, I would recommend Fish Center but it's really for a very very <laughs> special group I mean it's not a general thing that everyone's going to like it. There are few people who will like the show. Uh, if, if you like comedy experiment and sort of learning the personalities of people, what you might like if you listen to this show. Um, I need to add Doc and Morty to my queue. Right. Oh, now. Rick and Morty. Rick, Rick and Morty. <laughs> Not Doc and Morty. Doc, Doc and Morty was the old, uh, <laughs> well, what it's based on. Um, <laughs> J Dog. <laughs> I, I showed Nick that the other day. Uh and it was the first time he'd seen that. And uh he was uh, he was kind of um he was he was laughing very, very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see I never realized the name had changed. What from well Doc and Morty Doc and Marty to Rick and Morty? Yeah. Well, Doc and Marty was too oh, obvious a, yeah, yeah. A, a a Back to the Future thing, but um, yeah, Rick and Morty. Yeah, you 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 have to watch. You just have to watch. I'm, only, watch not, I'm only not watching it because I'm lazy. That's all. No malice. It's so good that uh, you'll be like, you, you, you're. Your draw will drop. There was a scene in, in 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 this week's episode that I had never seen. I mean, the idea's been done, but I'd never seen it taken that far. I'd never seen it sort of 
sort of done in that way. Uh, and I, you know, I won't reveal it until, uh, I'll just say this word gestating that that's the word that, 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 you know, when the scene is coming up and when it happens, my jaw, I, my, it was like, my jaw was wide and I was laughing to say like, <laughs> it was so like balls to the wall, crazy that somebody that like, okay, wow. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it except for it's like you took the premise and ran with it to an extent that, and you thought that out. You thought that out. <laughs> it was so cool. I'm downloading season one right now. Okay. I, I would tell you that the pilot is, is, is good, but it's a little rougher than the next episode. So if, if it feels a little... Um, oh, I'll give it a chance. Yeah, a little scattershot. Get, keep going. Give it a chance because it, it will immediately grab you. If you aren't a fan by Me Seeks and Destroy, then I don't know what to say. <laughs> Autoerotic assimilation, huh? Yeah, sure. Right, that's uh, episode uh, three? Two, three, yeah. Yeah. But the latest one was... Um, the Ricks must be crazy. The Ricks must be crazy, which was Stephen Colbert was the was uh, one of the voices in that one, and Alan Tudyk was in it. And... Right, the pilot's downloaded already. <laughs> I did. Uh, I keep wanting to show you that this hypnotism video, but it's going to take ten minutes. So there's no point. Uh, so maybe next time. But it, it's interesting because. The thing I was telling you about trust and storytelling plays into how the hypnotist works. The hypnotism is about sort of like you ask, could you be hypnotized? Right? Way back when. And you could be hypnotized by someone you have complete trust in. Like you like literally complete trust. Like you would be happy to be uh in their hands completely. Uh that you could do. There are other ways to short circuit it by kind of asserting your asserting a sort of dominance at the same time having people sort of react in a trustworthy way. It's a very magic thing to do, a very presentation thing to do. Uh, and what ultimately happens is, like I said, you you go into this phase you're, where you you sort of your your conscious mind gets kind of caught in a loop and just sort of gives up and you go into this waking daydream this guided waking daydream for another person that's really what hypnotism is it's a guided waking daydream uh and you and your mind just starts to go okay I'll I'll do what this person says um it's it's an interesting state I mean, when you, when you see it happen and you, and you see like this video it's 10 minutes mm-hmm. long of somebody you know just off the street uh, clearly an empathetic person that helps uh, clearly somebody who, who wanted to listen and wanted to play along but just going through the step 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 and and boom 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 and then suddenly you can see how the trust sort of takes over and the mind mm-hmm. just kind of falls back right it, it's a it's a really interesting phenomena it's it's cool but like I said it is more of a parlor trick than anything else 
uh, and you can't use it to change people's behavior. At least you can't do it to change people's behavior if you do it once, right? I could perhaps see how a consistent, constant barrage of this, if you were to go through like years and years of no therapy, could change your behavior. But so could any therapy. Mm-hmm. So it's just that sort of thing. Right. But it is neat. It's neat. The thing makes me, you know, you mentioned like, you know, if you trust the person or whatnot. Most or most people that are hypnotized, maybe it's more of a crowd thing, right? They want to perform or something. Absolutely, but, there's that, sure. But the example that we watched I mean, on... It, look at, for example, look at when people are in these uh, these revivals and they go up to the priest and all of a sudden, you know, and they, they're they on their walker and, oh, you can walk without your walker and they take the walker off and, and they walk mm-hmm. for a few steps. That's not impossible for them to do. If it wasn't like, it wasn't like they got somebody who couldn't move their legs to walk. It was just somebody who had pain Right. And you gave them enough sort of incentive and they're in front of a crowd and they want to perform and you get that energy from the crowd. When they heard this do is it. legal. <laughs> and, and, and you do it and you perform and you just you go along with it because it feels right. It, it, it's the it's the social thing to do. It, it, it's how it's what we evolved to do is was what, particularly when there is a crowd, you go along with what the crowds are doing. Uh this is this is the explanation for why people uh, look at car crashes on the side of the road. Uh, everyone else is doing it, so you're going to look at it too. This is the explanation for why sometimes like, people will be like beaten in the street, and there'll be a crowd around them, but nobody will come to stop. Right. The crowd's not doing anything. You're going along with the crowd. This is. Also, the same phenomenon that happens when you drive to work or drive home and you don't realize you're driving. It's the same sort of thing. Your conscious mind sort of takes a back seat and your autonomic mm-hmm. stuff takes over. There's nothing magical or special about right, this. Right. It's just a different context that this is being done in. Sure. I think that's it. I think that's enough. Did you... Uh... Do you play with those trick cards that I got you? you I haven't played with them yet. Do you know the what they are? I saw they're like half cards or something like that. They're like what I said. They're they're cards that are some of them are shortened, Mm -hmm. so they're easy to to skip past. And half of the cards are five of hearts, and half the cards are a different kind of card. So you can bloop show what show what looks like a fleet deck and then bloop look they're all five of hearts mm-hmm. so it, you know it has that they also have i think a little bit of sticky film on them so you can do some other sorts okay. of things but it's that it's that kind of deal like mm-hmm. i said you could do this with a with a deck on your own you can make a deck like this the box said like you know pick make the whole deck any cards you wanted or something like that no 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 but maybe you have to you have to do you have, person, the force, you have to force you have to force a five, five of hearts. hearts yeah but uh um but you make them think they're choosing any card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as they choose the five of hearts. Yeah, as long as they choose the five. Of hearts. Yeah, you're not actually making. <laughs> no magic works by by letting the like when I was showing the card trick to Nick and 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 he was like, oh, so so if I actually push this all the way back in and and you know let mm-hmm. and, and manhandle the cards and then give it back to you, you can't find it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no actual magic happening. <laughs> 
douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good old douchebag. Mm, can we get? Can we get a cunt? <laughs> okay, you want a cunt? Want a cunt? Cunt. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Perfect inflection. Mm. Give it a ten. <laughs> ten out of ten. Right, I guess that's enough for for this uh, this episode. Sounds good. We're to almost me. going to to break off another half a hundo. Oh, yeah, we're almost at uh, two at three fifty. Is there a special name for three fifty? Yes, I there definitely is. Try sesquicentennial, something, something like that. Yeah, but but isn't doesn't eel mean years? Doesn't like if you have a centennial. Oh, eel. That means uh, 100 years, right? Yeah. Not You can't say a centennial episode. So it'd be a tri-sesqua-versary. Right, something like that, yeah. <laughs> or a, uh, there's probably a better suffix for items. Anyway. We'll look it up. Maybe. <laughs> Gross and a half. Yeah, we need to get to uh, 288. Well, we we got past oh, 288. Yeah, we're over two gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're like two and a half gross. Two and a half gross. Two and a half gross, baby.